Hello and welcome to the Right Fight Podcast, a discussion about how to live a loving life. I'm Reg Lloyd, and we're having a conversation with Kenny Vaughn, the author of The Right Fight. So Kenny, before we get into the conversation about love, um, I've got a, a surprise question to ask you I think people would find interesting. On your social media accounts, you often show yourself cooking, usually <laughs> in the garage or outside. <laughs> what is your favorite thing to cook? What wow. do you get excited about cooking the most? Man, probably that, uh, I've showed it a couple times on there, that fish recipe, we call it fish what the hell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it came back, all the way, went all the way back to Justin Wilson. Music. Wilson, he was a Cajun cook, and he had some dish he called that. Basically, what he meant was, uh, he was thinking, should I put this in there? And he'd say, oh, what the hell? And he'd put it in there. <clears throat> so I was cooking some dishes one time when I was probably late teens, and, you know, all I had was what was in the refrigerator, and 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 it wasn't what was supposed to, what I needed, you know. So I just made aluminum pan and I just put everything in there and put it on the pit. Well, it was pretty obvious that some of that stuff did not need to be in there. <laughs> it was it was nasty. But there was a couple of surprises, like olives. You know, all I had was olives. So I put the olives in there, and I was really thinking I was thinking that was a no way. Yeah. But they were actually very tasty with that smoke flavor on the pit. So anyway, long story short, over time I weeded all the no ways out yeah. and I kept the few that were left, which is basically just a fish, some any kind of fish. It works on some birds. I know too. red pepper has to be in there. Oh, 100%, yeah. That's a stay for <laughs> almost everything, except for a steak. I leave it off the steak, but but yeah, salt, black pepper, red pepper, then lemon juice, maybe a lemon or so and a stick of butter and and I like butter, so you could do a half if you wanted. And then some diced up onions and then green olives and some olive juice. It's all in an aluminum pan and you smoke that on the pit. And it's not just my one of my favorites, yeah. like my kids, my wife. If we have friends over, they're like, Dad, make the olive they call it the olive fish now. But so yeah, it's that's that's the favorite. What's your favorite fish to cook? Probably the largemouth bass is the uh is one of the best flavors, especially for that dish. Redfish is a, a pretty close second. But all right. Those are the two. You need a you need a firm fish, not a mushy one, in that dish. Got it. If you don't believe it, come over sometime, man. And then all that broth goes over a baked potato. We're in. Come on. I'm, all right. Next time you cook, I'm hungry. I'm there. All right. So in chapter five, let's get to the the content. In chapter five, you give a list of eight things that love is not, and the third thing that you mention is that love is not envy. Love is not envious. So I think we all agree, um, all the listeners and and myself that. We know that envy is not a good thing, but I'm not sure that we can draw the correlation between how envy is not loving. Um, why is envy not loving? And maybe we need to first define what envy is. Why don't we, why don't we do that? Let's, let's define what is envy. Yeah, and so the definition in and of itself, I think, reveals somewhat why it's not loving. And, and I guess before I read that real quick, I, I mean, you know, there were things that I envied uh, about other people, and I was a ski jumper for a long time, so I kind of envied the fact that some people were more successful than I was, and and, and that envying I, th- I longed for, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. I think that's different than um, the definition of envy itself. The you know the the envy that is very dangerous and totally unloving. It's not necessarily a, a longing for. So the definition of envy is a feeling of discontent or resentfulness around, excuse me, aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or accomplishments. And 
the problem with envy that I'd say, so, so love is selfless and love is doing what's best for someone else, desiring what's best for someone else, really without regard for ourselves. Just meaning that, you know, if what's truly best for you means it's going to cost me, I choose what's best for you, not me not having to pay the price. Okay. But if we're envious of someone, so if, if we are discontent or resentful about someone else's accomplishments or possessions or whatever it is about them, their looks, then we, what, what I do personally, for sure, whenever I, when I allow this envy to take root in my life, is it changes the way I treat them. It starts by changing the way I see them. So I make a bunch of broken assumptions. I say broken because, you know, anytime I assume something, there's a great opportunity or chance that it's not true. So I make the assumption that they're prideful or they're proud or they think they're something, mainly because if I envy them, they can do the exact same thing that someone else does that I don't envy, you know, that, that they can do the exact same thing and, and it doesn't stir up in me the same feelings. So in other words, maybe, maybe they would walk right by me and not say a word. And it hits me like, wow, you know, what a jerk. Yeah. Or who do they think they are? Or all of these things where somebody else that I don't envy could do the exact same thing and it wouldn't even cross my mind. Mm-hmm. So, so this enviness in me, whenever I, so I'm trying to say that, you know, you can feel envy. I think we have all kinds of feelings of envy, but not embrace it. And so when we embrace the envy, or for sure in my own life, when I embrace this envy for long, I begin to realize that I see these people the way, in a way, whatever truth I'm projecting on them is who they are to me. And it's usually through the lens of envy and it's a broken definition. So what happens is something in life comes along, a circumstance, an opportunity, whatever it is that I almost get forced into to getting closer to these people, to meet them, actually get to know who they really are or something like that. Because if I envy them, I probably don't want to. It's not my choice to go get close to them and get to know them. Mm-hmm. But many times this thing, these things have happened. Hopefully now I would. <laughs> but, but most of the time in my life, I didn't want to do that. So something happens, circumstances, something, we end up doing something together. There's a mission needs to be accomplished. We end up on the same team, whatever it is. Now I, I end, actually end up getting to know them. And one of two things will happen. I'll either find that they were everything that I had projected onto them. You know, they really are prideful. prideful and- yeah. All these all the things, you know, arrogant, all of these different things. Mm-hmm. If that's true, there's nothing left to envy. In other words, I don't want to be that. You, you know? don't want to get what they have, right? By the way that they got it, or or I don't want to. I don't want to be. You know, the envying for me was the 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 discontent or the resentfulness for what they had, not necessarily they, their possessions. It's not like I'm, I'm resentful of their possessions as I am that they have them and I don't. But, but if you find out that this person is actually miserable and if they're prideful and they're arrogant and they're all these other things, they are. There's not a lot left to envy. So, so in my life, I find, you know what, I'm not, this enviness kind of loses its grip whenever the truth is presented. And I feel, I, I, I actually feel for them. You're like, man, you know, you got all that stuff, but it's not helping you. Or you got that accomplishment, but it's not working. 
And so you don't really, no one really envies that. Um, or you find out that all of your beliefs were a myth. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these lies that you conjured up through your lens of envy weren't true at all. And that they weren't rude and they, were, they just didn't know who you were, you know, or they were preoccupied or whatever. But when you actually get to know them, they're very kind, considerate, selfless person. There's nothing left to envy. Now, if you do both of those, you know, you find out, you know, that they, they aren't rude and envious. I mean, you know, you know, rude and disrespectful or whatever you thought it was, dismissive, whatever you considered them to be. And you still have all this envy, then the problem's in you, not them. So that's the that's the envy. In other words, no amount of truth will change our mind because they have something that we want. And so long as we want what they have, we can't we can't love them. Because loving them means doing what we believe is truly best for them. And envy's not gonna do that. Envy wants them to lose it. You know, it, it wants them to fall. It wants them to, to pay the price. It, it, won't, it will celebrate in their own fall because they no longer have what it doesn't have anymore. That's the crazy thing about envy to me is it's, it's like it's not just that someone else has what I desire. It's that I want them to lose it. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, I, that's, you know, it's not sensible, but... It seems really... I mean, when I when I have sensed that within myself, it it shows me that there's almost like a, there's a sinister p- side to me on the inside. It shows it's, that's just that's I feel like it's evil. It is inside of me when I feel that way. I've I've had times, and I'm I'm not sure if you've ever felt this way, where someone succeeded or they were a success, and I I wasn't happy that they succeeded. I couldn't celebrate their successes, and that all pointed towards me. Yeah. Well, I would, there's two sides to that too, I think. So, I mean, if someone actually succeeds with their selfishness, then I think loving them could actually grieve over their success because it's just reinforcing what's in the end is going to wreck them. Right. But what you're talking about, I totally get. And, and that is the person that someone else achieving something we wanted to achieve and, and then we're envious, and yes, we we can't celebrate their success, and that's another crazy thing, you know, is, is about envy. And I think we have a res- our own responsibility in this part, and that is not stirring it up, because um, for a long time, especially early in my twenties, early thirties, you know, I'm trying to succeed, I'm fighting hard, and 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 I see myself, you know, we I think we all kind of see ourselves as as you know an underdog. You know, we like we know what we have to overcome to get there. Mm-hmm. And so we see ourselves as humble. We see ourselves as an underdog and we're working hard and we think maybe we'll never get there. And then when we accomplish something, you know, it's like we want to tell everybody. We want the world to celebrate with us. That's right. We want everybody to celebrate that's, with us. That's not, is that a, that's not a bad thing, is it? Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> right? Why so, maybe not? Well, why do you want the world to celebrate with you, the, right? The why behind the ambition. Yeah, that's right. And so and so I don't I don't think it's it's um sinister in its you know, in, in the way that originates. In other words, you you accomplish something and you want the world to celebrate with you because you have this perception of, of your humility and the odds and the chances and what a blessing it is in your life. 
And so I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with wanting to share that. But before we ask the world to celebrate with us, we have learned to have a responsibility to consider them. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, you know, if, if, I'm, if I just won the lottery and I'm so excited, but I, I go to all my poor friends that are hurting for money and I expect them to celebrate with me, I'm, I'm inciting some envy if I'm not careful. And now, and, and I hear, uh, you know, everybody, a lot of people are probably familiar with Jordan Peterson, and he talks a lot about this. And he, what he'll do is, he, basically, he says that if you want to know who your friends are, you need to find out who will celebrate, not only who will be there when you fall, but who will celebrate with you when you succeed. And I, I don't know, I think I'll challenge that just a little bit. I mean, that's an extremely loving person that will be there when you fall and celebrate with you when you succeed. But sometimes um, they're fighting their own battles, and it's not that they aren't your friend or don't want to be your friend, but we're, but you're inciting envy, and you're just making it really hard. You're making it extra hard for them. So if we love people and we have something that's enviable, our responsibility, if, if we're going to present it, is to do so very humbly and grateful. I don't, I don't think many people become extremely envious of humble and grateful people. No matter what they accomplish or achieve, or like, they, like they, the whole crowd will cheer. Almost, mm-hmm. You pick a crowd from anywhere, mm-hmm. put them together, and then you have somebody fighting for something, and they're fighting you know, humbly and, and ethically, and they're unlikely to succeed, and they find victory. The crowd goes nuts, mm-hmm. you know. I, I get chills just thinking about it, you know. But because of their humility, yeah, I think so. That's that's an intriguing thought. Yeah, but if you but if you flip that coin, and you got a guy out there pounding his chest, and he's going to kill everybody, or he's going to win, or he's the best in the world, and and all these different things, then everybody wants to see that guy fall, mm-hmm. or they don't. They have a hard time celebrating with his victory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and some of this goes into pride, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think I've, thought, I've been thinking about this the last few days. Pride doesn't get people where they want to go. Pride shows up once they get there. Just meaning, you know, we think we need to be prideful so that we can accomplish something. You know, like I'm the best, I'm good enough, I'm all of these different things. But people don't normally climb the ladder and accomplish something that way. They climb the ladder and accomplish something by humbling themselves, by like stepping back, having open ears and learning and failing over and over again. And, and then they finally arrive and then pride shows up and knocks on the door the second they get there. And if they'll invite it in, then they become this very prideful person because look what I did, it's all me. And, and so yeah, that, Pride definitely incites envy, and all of these eight things that love is not feed off of each other to create something in us that eventually wrecks our own lives. Yeah. I I would be surprised that there's not one person listening, there's not one of us that does not experience the feeling of envy, of uh, looking at what someone else has or accomplished, and then projecting 
negative feelings towards the person because of what they've accomplished. You mentioned, you mentioned in the book, envious feelings pop up all the time in all people, but the difference between envious people and loving people is not whether they envy. The difference is that a loving person will refuse to act on the feeling of envy. What, what would be your advice to, those, to us when we have the feeling of envy? To, what's the stopgap to keep it uh, from coming an action of envy? Okay, so just to clarify what you said, and, and, and part of this definition of envy, I would disagree with slightly, Well, is, is that it's a feeling of discontent. And it, that's where it starts, or resentfulness. And then your question is, how do I keep that feeling from becoming, becoming an action? Yeah, an action, who I am, really. So what, what happens first is it becomes who I am because I embrace it. And then once it becomes who I am, it's only a matter of time before I act on it, treat people differently, whatever it is I'm going to be. So um, God's Word is the only answer I know to fighting any lie because it's the truth. you know. And so, so the first thing I ask myself is why? Like why, why do I feel this envy? Yeah. You know what's what, and if you really ask yourself that question and dig a little bit, it's it's always very obvious that it's silly. You know, like I'm envious that you won something. Well, what does you winning something have to do with me? Mm. How does it hurt me? How does it not help me? How does it? it it's, it's no reflection on me whatsoever. But so then, why am I envious of it? It's silly. So it's so then what all that leads to is fear. I'm afraid that what you accomplish makes me lesser. Or I'm afraid that that what you have makes me poorer. That somehow, which is not true either. Mm-hmm. Like what has someone someone else has or does has nothing to do with me at all. Yeah. So then I got that's when I so so I I look for the obvious truth first and then I go to the truth of God's word. And, you know, and, you know, his word says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And, and I'll just remind myself of God's love for me. And, you know, he knows the plans he has for me, plans to prosper me, not to harm me, to give me a future and a hope, and that my life is not about me. You know, and so and from that place, and I remind myself, maybe, maybe this is the biggest thing. I just remind myself that though I didn't deserve to be loved, God loved me. And I would say that, that in that I find gratefulness. And gratefulness is kind of the kryptonite, not only for envy, but for pride and everything that's stored up in here. I mean, envy is almost a fruit of pride because you accomplishing something I didn't makes me look smaller. Why does that matter? Because I want to look bigger. Why do I want to look bigger? You know, so we're, we're chasing a lie. So, so God's word, why? You know, why do I feel this? But if, we, if we're just willing to dig that little bit deeper, it's not a big dig, it's not a deep dive, then um, it's obvious. But what we want to do is just everything we feel, we kind of just want to wrap our arms around it, take it in, and then go find somebody to talk to us about it. And, um, you know, envious people can stir up a whole lot of strife in a hurry. Yeah. And you're the one that gets left miserable. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you think that every time we feel envy, we're going to project. That's going to affect the way that we respond to the person that we're envious of of experiencing those good things. I hope not. Um, I mean, I think I think most loving people feel the envy. Um, they probably feel, you know with time we'll feel a lot less. But I'm, I'm not, 
at least personally, I haven't come to a place where I don't feel envy anymore. Uh, I still feel it, but I, but one, I feel it, and then I choose not to treat anybody differently. Yeah. Like, I'll actually, I may go overboard, yeah. you know what I mean, to make sure you know or to, to make sure that I treat you in a way that is not what I feel. So instead of ignoring you, if I envied you before and you walked in behind me, I would probably hurry up so I could let the door go and shut on you. Mm-hmm. Well, now, if you're halfway across the parking lot, I'm going to stand there and hold the door. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm, I, am, I refuse to act on a lie and allow it to rule my life. So I'm going to go out of my way to love the people around me and the people I feel envy for. And, you know, if you just walk through the door and don't even look at me, well... I might not envy you anymore, you know what I mean? It's like, God help him, you know? So, uh, so yeah, we're going to feel it. We just it's, it's so important what we decide. It's not the things we feel and we go through in our life that determine our destiny. Um, it's, it's what we do with them, and all that starts with what we believe about them. It's like behind every broken long-term broken road we all hit bad spots but behind every long-term broken road like it just keeps getting worse forever is a broken belief Mm. we we believe some lie and until we change that we can just keep going as long as we want to it's never going to get better it's only going to get worse yeah let's close out by just uh, brainstorming about what should alert us that we are experiencing feelings of envy uh what are some of the thoughts the common thoughts something like um I wish that was me, maybe. I wish they didn't. Yeah. Who do they think they are? Okay. You know, or just just anything that immediately, you know, I mean, just stirs up something in you so that you, you know, you just think this person thinks they're something else. Because of what they've achieved or what they received. What they look like. Yeah. Anything. I mean... I, I, one of the things that I think stirs it up a lot is, is in a very attract, physically attractive person yeah. walks by or whatever, and, and people like me, <laughs> you know, not so attractive, I feel envy, and then I think I want to treat them a certain way because I'm sure, you know, they're, 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 they're blowing me off or, or they're not acknowledging people, whatever it is. But then when I get to know them, they're physically attractive, but they're just, they have the same fears I have. They're you know, they're not sure how to address other people. It had nothing to do whatsoever with them thinking that they were hot something. Mm-hmm. It was the exact opposite of that. And so they're reserved, and they don't know what to do with it. But if you love them and you get close to them, you realize that it wasn't that at all. Or if, yeah. it, if it really is that, yeah. Yeah, we see someone like that, and we think, uh, well, the only reason they're in such good shape and look so good is because they neglect their family. They're putting their health over their family, right. so we paint them in a bad <laughs> Right, picture in our own mind. Yeah, that that would be a red flag for me. Yeah, like that's a good point. Yeah. And if they really do that, they don't need to be envy. <laughs> they need to, if they're really neglecting their family. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, then yeah, they don't need to be envy. Well, Kenny, I think we hit a whole podcast on envy. I didn't expect that, but it worked. Yeah. So this concludes uh, another podcast of the Right Fight, and uh, we are going to we're going to look at pride at our next podcast. Look forward to talking to you about that. That's a big one. Trust God's word no matter what. Keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, 
you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.